0: I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, Hello and it's a fair. It's a fair Hello, this fair, is, fair, is fair, Vic, Vic quest, Cohen. Quest, quest, and it is always a fair question here on the show. And right here, basically, there's never going to be a question. The rules are uh, they're ever too personal. No question that's ever too personal or ever off limits. And today, I have a friend here. Well, I am so excited to have on the show. Years ago, when I first moved out here, shortly after I moved out here, I was interested in learning about sitcom writing. And this woman was my teacher. And then we kind of lost track of each other. And then we reunited on Facebook, and it was magical. <laughs> <laughs> And then we had lunch last about two weeks ago, and I invited uh, her to be a guest on my podcast because I thought you guys would love spending some time with her, and I knew that I would as well. She is Lori Kimbro. Kimbro, how are you?
1: Hi. I'm this is, good,
0: thank you. Let me describe you to those who uh, aren't watching because we have a video version and then an audio version. Okay. Uh, you have purple hair, okay. sweeped over the right side of your head. You are purple glasses. Any more purple?
1: Um, my phone case.
0: <laughs> you have a, you have style. Yeah. And um, we, I always will thank you for that class. And I had a spec script that was a Larry David Curp um, spec, and you were very helpful. And I remember when we had lunch a week or two ago, it was two weeks ago, or maybe even three, I said, uh, do you remember the script? Just sure that you just were so blown away and wowed and, and you're like no <laughs>
1: but once you told once you reminded me i remembered the moil yeah that's it,
0: the yeah, the premise was the larry uh larry david from Curb Your enthusiasm um ends up having to hold the baby and he does something that ends up uh, causing the moil the guy who does the bris the cutting of this of the foreskin uh, to cut the whole penis off pretty much
1: that's what i thought the penis got cut <laughs> off but i wasn't sure a
0: big part of it yeah, yeah. So, and, you know, true I, story, by tr- the way, you
1: forgot to tell. Yeah, that. that's
0: right. And except I, it was my penis. Yeah. Uh, no, but I ended up really not doing much of the script. I mean, I, I used it as a sample, but I ended up doing some other kind of writing, but it was uh, still just such a great experience. So you, uh, your big, uh, your credits, you know, they really run the gambit. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Lori, her first breakout job as a writer was on the Cosby show. And we have to talk about that. Now, you were not a writer prior to that, is that correct? No.
1: Prior to that, I worked at the phone company. The LA phone company. The LA Not phone just any company. phone. Company. Yeah, not just Only any. Only the best phone for you company. always. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing at the phone company? Um, I started out as a telephone installer, which today is not that big of a deal, That's but very at that butch. time, at that time they didn't have any female telephone installers. You were going into people's homes. Yes, and climbing under their basements and going up up, uh, I mean, crawling under basements, climbing up telephone You're phones. an attractive woman. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and I'm
0: sure that you probably had some men who were very excited to have you in their home. No,
1: it was just the opposite. This was in 19, I don't want to say, but there were no women doing that. And the reason the phone company had to hire women is because they lost a um, an, uh, an, uh, a lawsuit with um, the EEOC. Uh, What's discrimination the EEOC? Oh, okay. Equal Opportunity Employment. Whatever, whoever, yeah. And so they had to hire women in those jobs. So there were there were ten of us that went through a training class, and they hired I think seven and of you us. You were the guys. only straight one. I may no. There, <laughs> well, there wasn't a little Asian girl who who dropped out. Okay. Her boyfriend didn't want her to do it. Really, he's worried about her. I guess, but it was just the opposite. The guys were vicious because back then the attitude was you're taking a job away from a man with a family oh absolutely i would love having you i mean you know i I would have loved having me too but it was it was a it was really tough you had to fight your way and you really had to gain respect which really helped me a lot later on as a writer because most of the rooms that i worked in were all men so you little did you know i was preparing yeah little did i know but you know what there's a the universe has a plan for everybody.
0: Were you, um, so you were literally like putting those little boxes in the walls and stuff and the wiring and yeah, that's so technical.
1: I know this Did was before you just bought a phone and plugged it in. Do you
0: know how to do that now? Oh yeah. Like if I need some help, I could call you.
1: If you need some help, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I'm, I'm not versed in psychology or anything. Not like that kind of help, although I do need
0: that as well. Uh, so you're, uh, you're working at a phone company, uh, on your hands and knees, uh, that sounds salacious, did not it? Yeah, it did. But, yeah, I think I did that on purpose.
1: Uh, you may have. <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted to get a visual in your head.
0: <laughs> I know. Suddenly I'm hitting on you. Uh, I've said you're attractive. I said. I
1: know, I uh, know. I'm loving it. Uh, yeah, too. well. I haven't heard that
0: in ever. Two minutes. Now, uh, you've, I'm sure you heard a lot. Now, when you got, like, what was the transition from, uh, now I understand you from just doing the research on you, your dream was to be a playwright. Yeah. Is that still your dream? No. Okay. No. But you were taking a playwright... class. No, I wasn't
1: taking any classes. Um, okay. I, I, I took some classes, some writing, script writing classes at Rio Hondo College. And then, because I didn't know where to go. Where is that? Okay, now I got to back up. What is Rio up. Hondo? Is that a it's city? It's like in Whittier, someplace near Whittier. Okay. I got to back up. I didn't, I, I I knew I wanted to do something with my life and the phone company wasn't it, but I didn't know what. And so I went to the doctor for a reason and had to have surgery. And so I made a promise that if I lived through this surgery, I was going to dedicate my life to doing something. Other? So other than just working for the phone company. So I, um, I lived <laughs> through the minor <laughs> surgery. It was and, a minor surgery? Yeah. So I started looking for something to do. Well, my husband at the time was going to um, Cal State Dominguez. And there was a catalog, so I was looking around, and there was a, a, a course for script writing. And so I said, oh, you know what? I could talk. Maybe I could write. So I signed up for the course, and they dropped it because only two people signed up. Well, I thought I was on to something, Vic. I thought, I live in Los Angeles, Hollywood, and only two people want to learn how to write? Shit. <laughs> Can I curse? Yeah. I, this is, I can't believe that I I've, I've found this. So um, I was on a mission then. I had to find a class in screenplay writing. So well,
0: you thought that there just weren't a lot of people pursuing it?
1: Yeah. because so there would be a lot of openings? Right. Right. So sure. uh, Well, there so
0: are in Dominguez or where. <laughs>
1: <That's laughs> I didn't know that. Right. I didn't know that at all. You know, nobody told me about that. Um, but, you know, sometimes stupidity does help. So <laughs> I, I started looking for classes and I found a class at Rio Hondo College. And at that time, I was I was a, a manager at the phone company. So I transferred to the Alhambra office so that I could be close to Rio Hondo. And I, I applied there. And I started taking a class. And I didn't know anything about anything. I didn't know the format, nothing. But I got so much encouragement from the teacher. You know, he said, you're really going to be good at this. You should stick with How her. many were in this class? I don't <laughs> remember. You know, this was probably before you were born. I doubt it. So, uh, so I took that class, and then from taking that, I started talking to people, and they were saying, well, you know, if you really want to take some good classes, you should go to UCLA and take classes there. So I went to UCLA, and I took some classes, and I met more people. And so I met this one girl who was in a writer's workshop, and she said, you should join our workshop. I think you'd really get a lot out of it. So I joined the workshop. At that time, the guy who was running the workshop only took former students of his but um, for some reason, he liked me, so he told me that I could be in his workshop.
0: Was there an appetite for female writers then? That you know, are still getting that kind of resistance that you had I, in the I phone know. company? Or I even... didn't know.
1: I didn't know what the appetite was. Mm-hmm. You know, I found out later that at that time there was an appetite for black female comedy writers, very specifically. Um, I don't know whether it was because which they you happen of- to be. By chance, Um, the shoe polish didn't wear off. But I I don't know whether it was because nobody ever gave us a voice, or whether there really weren't any. I assume there really weren't any because that's what people were telling me at the time. Well, wasn't I mean, like
0: getting even beyond before that, when there were black sitcoms, there was uh, an argument. I uh, I heard like, why is it a lot of white guys writing? Sitcoms like The Jeffersons or What's Happening or these '70s sitcoms—you know—why why why isn't there a black voice in the room? I don't know if that Um, you've ever heard that or oh,
1: well, once or twice.
0: (laughs) So that's a common Uh, idea, and it still
1: is a common idea. Um, I think there are several reasons for it. One, I think that um, those voices, those white male, mostly Jewish voices. Thought maybe that they knew a lot more about the black culture than they did. They certainly had more of an in with the networks and the studios than blacks did. And I think a certain level of it was comfort. I think a lot of those guys didn't know any blacks, you know, maybe other than the ones that worked for them in their, family, in their homes. And um, I think people tend to hire people that they're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And um, also, you know, if you have a black person in the room, it cuts off a lot of your comedy. If your comedy, if you're working on a black show, if your comedy is, you know, making fun sometimes. But you don't want to offend. Right. You know, and, and uh, so I, I think some of it was that too, not being comfortable. I've worked in rooms where... Guys didn't want me in the room because they said we're not comfortable talking around a female because she'll be offended. And I thought, shit, I could offend any fucking person in the room. <laughs> but you know, there's just right. that. So could have been that.
0: So there's probably, uh, as a woman, you kind of have to prove your what your balls, your masculinity, yeah, in a I sense, guess, like yeah, you you had you're had one of the guys. That yeah, you couldn't be
1: offended. Um, at every little thing that somebody says, well, it's different
0: rules. Uh, you know, things do get have gotten so litigious and politically correct. But I think in a writer's room, it's hard to have that if you're just oh, you want to have open creativity.
1: Well, you know, years ago um, there was a um, a writer's assistant on Friends that sued them because they they were telling sexist jokes in the room, mm. and you know, it's almost impossible. Writers are comedy writers, we're funny. We like to take jokes. We, you know, if somebody says a joke, somebody else bills on it. Well, that doesn't just include the jokes that you tell when you're writing. It's the jokes you tell in the room.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's not a good place if you're oversensitive. No, no. But it's a great place if you want a good laugh.
1: It is. Yeah, it is.
0: So you so you uh, are writing, you're doing these workshops or this last workshop you were invited to from the teacher who usually oh. doesn't, he only brings in former students. You made an exception. And then you, um, I understand you wrote like a Golden Girls, yeah, that got uh, that people seem to really like, and someone brought that to an a Their agent is that correct? Yeah, the
1: the the um the guy who ran the, the writers' room, John John, John Herman Shainer. I call him my rabbi. Um, John took it to his agent, who was then uh, Robinson Weintraub and Gross. Okay, that was the name of the agency. They since got they merged with uh, somebody else. Anyway, um, and Bernie Bernie Weintraub was the the comedy agent there, and he read it. And called me. We spoke on the phone. He bought me in for a meeting, and he said, uh, "I'm going to represent you." And uh, is it true that within nine months you had a job? I think it was less than nine months. I don't remember exactly. You know, it was a long time ago. And this yeah. was on
0: the Cosby Show. Yeah. So at this point, what season of of the show was that? I mean, that was
1: the sixth season. So it was already a
0: mega hit. Oh yeah. And then, just a reminder, all of you listening and watching, the Cosby Show was was monumental in many ways. in in one of the biggest ways is it kind of brought back the sitcom. It did because the sitcom was kind of a dying form. So it brought back the sitcom. and then it had a African American family, which really had never been done. I don't think ever.
1: In in that respect, it was. I mean, they had shows like Good Times. I mean, they're, these are like professionals, yeah, or professionals or doctors. Which which was a lot, a very controversial, even in the black community, because a lot of blacks said, oh, you know, I don't know anybody like that. That's not really who, who black families are and what they're like. And it's exactly what a lot of black families are and a lot of what they're like. But the people with the loud voices apparently didn't know any of those. It was an important show because... Um, not to get too
0: racial here, but we are so segregated in so many ways that a lot of people's experience with race is just what they see on television. Yeah. So, it, absolutely,
1: if everything isn't represented, then which is also why that was so groundbreaking. Because before that, we saw things like Good Times and and the Facts of Life. Well, the Facts of Life wasn't a black show. Well, we had the Jeffersons, which yeah, was an Jeffersons. answer to the
0: people saying, "All you're showing are people living in a slum or yeah. public housing." Right. Okay, he's moving on up to the east side. There's your answer,
1: which a lot of people thought that was a stretch too, yeah blacks well, weren't really that way
0: well and and uh it's yeah you know, i I, can't, I i think it's it's foreign to me because I can't imagine like well, you, you did,
1: grew up in a metropolitan area no, though, I didn't. Did
0: I grew up in a very suburban, it was all white oh, my we God. had one black guy oh, and he called himself God. Bubba. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> it's true. He, I don't know why he, he just rode up his bike in the neighborhood and he said, I'm Bubba. And you know what? It's like I really lost out. Yeah. Because I would have, I wish, and one of the things I love about Los Angeles, you know, prior to moving out here, I was a TV reporter in Macon, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And that for me was just unbelievably awesome because it was so uh, integrated, you know? I mean, Chicago's known as being very segregated. You know, the city, there's, a, there's the big freeway, the Dan Ryan and on one side is the south side. And some believe that Daly, the older Daly from like the 60s and 70s, uh-huh. built that or that it was built whenever it was built to keep black people oh. on one side of the so road. It's and it's
1: kind of like the other side of the tracks thing. Kind of, yeah. wrong so, side of the tracks.
0: But where I grew up, it was just very, um, just white. It was, there was no racism because there was no race.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, but, but as an adult, that is what's so awesome about living out here. You know, it was because yeah. Los Angeles is so um, just a great melting pot. Now, uh, before we get into like your experience on Cosby, so you have a New York accent. It, it, still, you uh, do sound like you're from New York, but you, all we've heard about so far is you living in Los Angeles. You grew up in New York. I grew up in New York. Okay, and when do you? And how old were you when you came out here?
1: I came out here when I was twenty-three, I think, or twenty-four.
0: Was that to be with a guy? or No,
1: no, I, I, I bought a guy with me. <laughs> so I came out here because um, I married a guy who came from a very large family, seven kids, and everybody everybody in his family married somebody that they grew up with, except him. So I was the real outsider, mm-hmm. and I wasn't really accepted. They thought that I was putting on airs, that I thought I was all that, air quotes for those Do you people. think you were all that? No, I was just being me. I you mean, that's personality. Um, I didn't grow up ghettoized, you know? I, I mean, the... Uh, oh, okay. I, I didn't, I mean, where I grew up, I didn't know that there was, you know, that there were ghetto type people. I didn't know, I just, That's this is who I am.
0: Do you think that, we, just real quick, I'm just curious. Do you think there's as much racism within the black community, about the black community as there is among white and blacks? I don't know. Because it sounds know. like they're like, uh, they like, uh, from what you're describing.
1: I, well, yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about 100 years ago.
0: Right. Is that not know? existent anymore? I don't know,
1: but I, I will say this. I think there's always, and not just in the black community, but in, in a lot of communities, there's always a situation where you have, if you have people who are doing a little bit better, who are amongst people who are not doing as well, there's always going to be those people that want to denigrate the people who are doing better. Mm-hmm. Because even though the people that are doing better are doing better because of hard work, the people that aren't don't see the hard work. They just see, oh, you're trying to be better than us.
0: So you you uh, met this guy, your husband?
1: I met my husband. Um, in New York. I met him on my birthday in April. We got married in June. What day 18? in April is your birthday? 11th. 11th. And okay. we got married on June 28th.
0: That quickly? That quickly. Are you um, someone who's like overly romantic? Were you codependent? Were you addicted to love? What was going
1: on? No, I just, you know what? I've always wanted to marry somebody that I didn't know that well because I was young and stupid. But now they have Tinder. My, this Perfect is my for you. reasoning. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they get married on Tinder, though. It's set up housekeeping. Uh, but huh. I, I always thought then that the reason most marriages didn't work out is because people changed. And so you looked at the pre-marriage person and you thought, you're not the way you were when we got married. So I thought, ah, if I marry somebody I don't know that well, I'll eliminate that. I won't know that they've changed because I didn't know them that well before.
0: Okay. But so, the, that's a, that's an interesting strategy. It didn't really work though,
1: right? Um, it, it worked except that I didn't really know anything about marriage beyond that concept. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know that about the give and the take. Were you that. a good wife, a good um, partner? I, I would say I wanted to be, but I—I I don't think I was. I think I was very selfish.
0: You think so, what you know now? If you knew then, you'd still be married to that guy.
1: Um, I would like to think that I would be, but I—I I still know him. I mean, I and 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 who he is now and who I am now. I don't think we. I don't think we would have. Okay, still let's been be married. honest. It's me. Okay. <laughs> I, didn't to, I didn't want to say. We had to get the fix?
0: awkwardness out of the room. So you guys are friends.
1: Yeah, we're still so nice. friends. Yeah.
0: So um, when you when you were in New York, uh, did you go to college out there? Or?
1: I didn't. I didn't even finish high school.
0: So you're now on a major like the biggest sitcom in the history of sitcoms. It's in that upper tier of like I Love Lucy, it, uh, The Honeymooners. I mean, was, it really it is big. seminal. And, it was big. Yeah. Uh, and you don't even have a high school diploma?
1: Well, I had a GED. <laughs> you know, let's not right. let's not denigrate the GED. So, yeah.
0: but how do you
1: <laughs> Yes, that's but good. all you folks that have,
0: <laughs> have GEDs, did you get the GED in New York? No, I got it here. See, so, so you um you've that's I mean that's really um, going against the odds,
1: correct? It is. And you know what, I was having this a Facebook um kind of heated discussion with somebody about, it started with the $15 an hour, and he said, I don't think somebody who didn't go to college should make the same as a college graduate. And um, and I said, I don't think everybody's cut out to go to college. I don't think everybody needs to go to college. And I said, I didn't go to college. And, you know, I make more money than the average college person. And I said, I don't have any student debt. You know, I think I made out pretty good on Why that Why didn't you go one. to college? Um... I wasn't interested in it. Again, see, remember, I I didn't know what I wanted to do, and I thought it would be a waste of time going to college with no idea of what I was going to do. Well, that's the whole point often. Uh, Yeah, but I didn't know that. But now
0: I do know that you, but I would like to get more specific information about this because I'm not quite clear. When we had our lunch a few weeks, three weeks ago, you said that you didn't know your parents or you didn't have a relationship. Explain that.
1: Well, um... I was, I was uh, put into foster care by whoever my mother was at the time. Um, You've never met her? Never met her. You don't know her name? I don't know her name. Wow. I do know her name. Well, I know a name that was on my birth certificate, my original birth certificate. What's the name? I th- think it was Marie Cook or Marie Kimbrough. You never wanted to research it more? Um, I did for a minute. When I first got my my birth certificate, I did, and then the thought came upon me that I was born in Harlem Hospital, so I probably was born to, and and I know that my mother wasn't married, so I was probably born to somebody of limited means, (laughs) and I thought... One of these days I'm going to be rich and I don't want these people coming after me. <laughs> no, that's not true. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> it's partially true. It's, it is partially true. There's nothing
0: true. wrong with that thought. No, but I, It's an honest I human didn't thought. I think I was going to be
1: rich. I just thought whoever these people were... You don't want these
0: freeloaders knocking on your door. I don't want these freeloaders
1: coming after They dropped me. you
0: off at the hospital.
1: After exactly. <laughs> and and um, I, later on, I, I could have been angry, but I, I decided not to because when you put a a pers- a kid in foster care they're not adoptable you can't adopt them, you know now I think if you've been in foster care for a certain amount of time and there's no parental visits or something, you probably can be adopted. They, 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 I think there's a like a statute of limitations where their legal um, rights to you uh, goes away, but at that time they didn't have that. I never once saw this woman. She never once contacted the agency to find out who where I was or anything like that. So I felt like she gave up on me, and she didn't even know what I was going to be. I right. pretty much had an idea what she was. So it was so easy to give up on her.
0: Your um, foster care, like where are you living during that time? What does that look um, like?
1: I lived with a family in Queens, and it was a really good family. Um, my White, father, black? A black family. I, at that time, I don't, I don't know how many, you know, cross- pollinization there was of adopting. But um, it was a good family. My father was a musician and an aircraft mechanic. You called him dad? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Until he died, I called him dad when I was like seven. So you're with this family until you left L.A.? No, I was with this family until uh, my father died. He died of, a, uh, of, a, of cancer when I was about seven or eight. Oh, my God. And at that time, I was a ward of the city. Uh, and and the city had a rule that single people could not have foster children. So your mother couldn't keep you? Yes, yeah, so she couldn't keep me. They, they took me out of that home and put me in another home. And then it started a long line of going to different How many homes, other families were you homes. with? I was with, I think, three group homes and two... Three different families and three group homes and a hospital stay. Okay, so... How are you not a recovered drug addict,
0: alcoholic, prostitute, uh, criminal?
1: Self-respect.
0: Where did that come from?
1: Uh, It came from, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's a lot of trauma. I saw people in the street that I knew I didn't want to be. And so I wasn't them. And I, I don't know where, because uh, I, the, 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 the brother, I call him my brother, that I was raised with, did become a drug addict. The one in Queens
0: but yeah. the father who died when yeah. you were seven.
1: Yeah, so I don't know where it comes from. But I always knew that one day I was going to be somebody. And by somebody, I mean, I was going to have a, a, a decent job. I was going to have a, a decent family. I was going to live a decent life. You
0: don't you don't have children, is that correct? No. So when you say a decent family, um what who is your family right now? Who well, would you right con- now it's
1: my dog, Edna <laughs> <laughs> Who you were gonna supposed to bring Who or, I was supposed to bring, but she would be all over this place. Yeah, it's probably best. Know? Yeah. Uh so because you
0: do know, like I mean, did you ever have uh did you ever dabble in drugs or,
1: well, I, smoked promiscuity, or know, I smoked
0: pot. Why didn't you run into the arms of a man and get pregnant at 16 or 14, or maybe you did.
1: You're assuming I didn't. (laughs) Okay. No, I didn't. Um, I mean, it doesn't, you
0: really do defy all the odds. I mean, you really, it's a perfect setup for a disastrous future.
1: Maybe that's why I didn't do it. Maybe it was too perfect to set up it. Maybe it was too easy to fall into that trap. Was there a role model or a mentor
0: you had in your life that kept you straight?
1: Julia wasn't on TV yet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Julia's from the... The show? Yeah, Diane
1: Carroll. Okay. <laughs> she, her, her show right. wasn't on
0: yet. So, um, so then, so you've just, are you religious? Do you feel like there you was something You know
1: some... what? I just realized you were so fucking easy to talk to. You're asking me questions. There are people that have known me for years that don't know any of this about Oh, really? Me. Oh, that's nice. Oh, good. Because I, mean, I don't know. tell people this it's story that often. And I've told it to you now partially the other day and now well, again it's interesting. Today. Yeah, to you. It is. Well, it is to me.
0: Yeah. You know, because it's, because I think what's interesting often, I think when we come to stories and Mm -hmm. the biggest, I'm always fascinated by, I think we're human beings. I'm my biggest obstacle. It's not out there.
1: Yeah. People
0: think it's all out there, but really it's the, the way I think at times. And I think we all have these things in our heads, some more than others. And I just, I love, it's interesting to me because- you know, there are a lot. Uh, there are a lot of people who have these inner battles. Yeah, that, um, they could blame. You know, like if they're an addict, or I mean, the the, the it would make sense that
1: you would run. Well, you somewhere. know what? Because I didn't have anybody in my life, I didn't have anybody to blame. <laughs> you know, I right. mean, I, but I, you could have been a. You could still. You know, it's just a
0: choice. Sometimes I don't know what it is because it, it could be genetics. Yeah. Maybe you inherited some positive, some
1: genetics in there that uh, somehow. From those people, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> no, you don't. But whatever it is, I I I'm thankful for it. You know, yeah. that I didn't fall down. Fall Do you get depressed? Crap. Oh, I have been depressed in my life. Yeah. In like, but in in a not way, not that... clinically depressed. Mm-hmm. No, there are times when I feel like oh. I'm not doing anything with my life or I'm, I've wasted a lot of time. You minimize
0: time. your accomplishments? I do,
1: I do. I, I do, do that.
0: Time. I minimize yeah. your accomplishments. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: my own. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, I, I do that. And it's really know, and sometimes unhealthy. Sometimes
1: if I meet people and they say, oh my goodness, I can't believe you've done all of that. And they say, done what? I mean, you know, well, I'm the, not the first person who's done any of those things.
0: Well, the other thing is um, credits are great and they're fun and they really interest people. But, mm. you know, they're not like your whole life. Yeah. Like yeah. If you're on a show for a year or two, it's impressive, but you gotta keep right. moving. You gotta keep, you know, looking and doing. I find. You yeah.
1: know? Yeah, you're right.
0: And um so this is you can't rest on your laurels, but it's also I think there has to be some self appreciation too, because otherwise life's just too painful to
1: not also
0: appreciate Yeah. yeah. To appreciate what
1: you what you would, what you've been given. And
0: you what know? you've worked for. Um, yeah.
1: I mean, you did work for this stuff. I did, yeah. But I meant in terms of, you know, there are people, and I, I, I think I'm, you might have heard me say this in class, there are people who are a lot more talented than I was, would ever be. There are people who are a lot prettier than I am. There are people who are a lot more successful than I am. But, you know, it's, it's a crapshoot. You know, sometimes you, you, you know, the, the, the ball lands on your number and sometimes it doesn't. What I've been
0: working on um, when I'm on Happy with life is I, I try to go instead of thinking about getting caught up and maybe feeling down or whatever my unhealthy thinking may be, I go, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Because it's much, that's proactive. Yeah. And that's going to create something versus just thinking about stuff. Yeah, because you're the up. only
1: one that could change it. You know, you might go around telling people you're unhappy and maybe somebody might give you a hand up maybe maybe maybe. Doubtful. not usually people thought yeah that you attractive you, thing. you're the only person that's going to be able to make the change yeah and i think and and sometimes I, the change is is you you know you have to change something about yourself and um i think too often when things don't go the way we wish we start feeling a little bit sorry for ourselves instead of looking back and saying wait a minute i was I did this and I did this and I did this. I ought to be able to do that too. I can do that. Minimizing. Too. And then you, yeah, then you start doing. It. Yeah, and, and I think
0: um, I particularly find in the creative world um, that we live in that mental health is really important because <laughs> 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 I think the, cra-
1: the crazier you are, <laughs> the more creative you get. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true too. And I think it probably does help. Yeah. But. I think thinking outside the box, which was an expression I heard for it, like in the last maybe 20 years. People say that all the time. And I never knew what it meant until somebody explained to me once that I always think outside the box. So to me, it's normal. Right. But then I see other people and I think, oh, yeah, they are really thinking outside the box. With your brother, um, foster brother,
0: mm-hmm. you said, did you say he OD'd? Or he's no, just an addict. I said he's
1: probably dead by now. You don't have he'd... any
0: interest in finding him. No, for th- because you're afraid he'd want money. Or...
1: No, not for that. The last time I saw him, though, he did want money. <laughs> but... <laughs> and how much did he get? <laughs> nothing. You know, yeah. um, no, not for that reason. I just um, we have nothing in common. Mm-hmm. You know. See, but... here's
0: where I think that perhaps, and I could be uh, way off the mark here where it might be, you might have had some challenges growing up or being an adult from that background. Although it's not always a prescription for this issue, but is it hard for you to be intimate in the sense of being vulnerable and letting someone really get to know you? Because you've never had that. You don't know what, you've never, unless through your marriage, I know you've been married twice, perhaps from our earlier conversation. Mm -hmm. So perhaps you had some unconditional love then. But if you never saw that as a child in front of you through grown adults, you don't know what that looks like and you don't know
1: what it's perhaps like to feel. So I, is that a challenge? Um, I wouldn't say it's a challenge for me, but okay. it might be a challenge for someone who was in a relationship with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, I think the trust issue, I mean, I, and, and I think about this occasionally cause I'm not sure what establishing trust looks like with a person. And I, I often wonder if I were, if I were, would be more open to somebody if I trusted them more. And it's just recently that I realized that I had trust issues in relationships. Why wouldn't you? What you? Uh, because I'd, I mean, of I'd, course. I, I don't, everything. yeah, but I mean, I don't think that way. But so. the fairy, you know, they say that
0: a child in those first few weeks or, you know, years, mm-hmm. there's so much that's just set. Like, I mean, I don't want to say like stone, but. You know, there's a lot of yeah, but also remember the, and...
1: until I was about seven or eight, I had a very, very loving home. So maybe that's that's yeah, what yeah. saved you, and maybe that's what saved me. And and you did have unconditional love. Yeah, I did. Well, I don't know about from my mother, <laughs> the father. I think she liked my brother more. Okay, <laughs> but, yeah, but but you I had... remember I used to say to myself, "Why did he have to die? <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> he have to be the one. He liked me better." <laughs>
0: So with the Cosby thing, you know, like that was your big break. You're out at you working at the film company. Next thing you know, you're flying to New York. I Imagine you've got this top agent who probably got you a deal They're there to fly you out. I'm guessing. Oh yeah. yeah. Now was Bill Cosby your mentor?
1: He was in a lot of ways. Um, um, he was he was very very instrumental in um, helping my career in terms of when you when you first when you get your first job on a show. You generally are hired for a period of time, and then there's an option. Well, actually, all shows. Then there's an option, and they have the the um, the option of picking up your option for additional time or not. So my option was 12 weeks, and at the end of the 12 weeks, I asked the guys who were running the show at the time. I said, uh, you know, well, my 12 weeks are up. You know, today's my last day. You know, what's what's going to happen? And they said, well, we don't make that decision. They make that decision, and the show was in New York. They make the decision out in California, the production company, Carsey Werner. So I said, oh, well, I don't know. So I went back the to last my office. Day, the last mm-hmm. day? You still don't know? So I went back to my office, and I'm sitting there, and I'm watching the live feed on television because we were recording the show that night. And my agent called and he said, congratulations, they're picking up your option. I was like, yes, yeah, I was so excited. So I ran down to the control booth where the guys were and I said, guys, guess what? They picked up, my my option is picked up. And you, I mean, those guys' faces fell down to the floor. <laughs> they and they, they were, were not happy. They, no, they, yeah, they were beyond not happy. I didn't know then that they were the ones that had, that, that decided whether my option got picked up. And they said they didn't want to pick up my option. But Bill called and said, "I'm picking up her option. I want her option picked up." Now he was a, a part owner, of the, owner of the show, as well as one of the. Um, That's hilarious. And so the guys didn't didn't They're know, so but, and they were they were in <laughs>
0: shock. Isn't that uncomfortable to when you see that reaction to know that you're basically have an entire staff or met much of the staff against you?
1: No, it wasn't. It was, there were only three of them. Okay. No, but because they were against me from the very beginning. You know, so I I wasn't surprised, but I did believe them when they said that the decision wasn't theirs to make because they didn't hire me. I was Uh hired by the uh, Carsey Werner company. Okay. I went through the
0: IMDb credit Mm -hmm. list and there are 50 credited writers slash producers. And of that, 20-some are women. Mm -hmm. And I found that to be a pretty high number. Does that surprise you? On that show? Yeah. Over the course of that series... Yeah. Now, most of the, most of the episodes were written by men. Yeah. You know, we, we some of the ladies on the bottom of the list had maybe two episodes. Well, also, of some of
1: those producers were, worked for the production company, not, you know, for So Carsey you wouldn't Werner. count them as... Uh, yeah, they, they were producers in name, but... Okay. Um, and then we also, um, the producers on the production side, the writer producers were... On, or oh, well, one kind of producer. And then the production producers were... So it's not
0: exactly accurate. Yeah, so they
1: weren't all writers. They were. I got it. Yeah. Okay. But um,
0: nevertheless, it's still pretty impressive. There are a yeah. lot of women. But also Marcy Carcy right? She is a woman. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a lot of openness towards... But on that show, because it was a family show, was there a... were they looking for female writers, do you think?
1: I think they were always looking for... Well, Bill was always looking for female writers um, because there were a lot mostly female voices on the show you know there was right. alicia and then there were the, the daughters now uh was his wife around a lot Um uh, no she came she came to uh tapings sometimes but i she she didn't hang out there you were on two seasons correct yeah 90 and 91 is that Eight, right i think 89 and 90
0: now what made you want to leave or was it just time? Sometimes it's just time. No, on they, shows. they
1: they didn't pick up my option in
0: the last,
1: <laughs> in the last season.
0: And what were you, uh, were you devastated?
1: I wasn't exactly devastated because um, there were a couple of things that happened. And um, the writers' room sort of got divided. And I my loyalty was to some of the writers there. And not others the executive producer and um and an, one of the other writers and um there was some bad blood and i said well if they don't pick up your option i'm not coming back and you said that publicly no i said that to these two so they didn't pick up um their options weren't picked up so i went down to resign and when i went down to resign I was told before I could say I'm not coming back, I was told we're not asking you back. So so, so uh, that's do how I... You
0: re, do you regret having made that choice? No. Even though it was... The, no, cause
1: it, because I, I was fired anyway, so...
0: But it, prob- isn't there a possibility you were let go because of your alliance with these No, two? no, no. You're I was let, I was let go
1: because the, the writers that were taking over the show didn't want me on the show. The politics
0: in a writer's room, is that is navigating that as uh, important as actually being funny?
1: I think um, it depends on what you hope to gain from it. I would say on some shows, it's very political. And I've worked on shows where there were no politics involved. Everybody there was there for the show and the paycheck. and it, it, Or if it was political, I didn't notice it. When it came to... Uh, you know the Bill Cosby thing
0: with the sexual story. That thing just doesn't go away. Like yesterday, I, know. I just
1: read something. There were three more yeah. people,
0: so yeah. now it's there. I think it's up to forty-nine women saying that um, you know they were molested or uh, assaulted. What are your thoughts about that? Having worked and also with him being your uh, a mentor of sorts.
1: Well, I can't speak for those forty-nine women. I don't know. All I could say is that I never saw that side of Bill. Um, he never made any advances towards me. He never gave me a drug. He was always a gentleman in my presence. So I, that's all I could say about him. Were you shocked when you... I was beyond shocked. I was in disbelief. So, and, you know, a part of me is still a little disbelieving. You know, not, not that these women are lying, but just that I, I can't fathom that happening.
0: Getting a little psychological. Yeah, you didn't really have a father up to up to seven. You did, but your biological Mm -hmm. father essentially abandoned you, Mm -hmm. and then you didn't have. Did you? Do you think you looked at him as a father? (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you laugh? Because I looked at him
1: like an employer. Okay, he was my boss.
0: So he wasn't like he was a mentor, but he wasn't someone who was uh, confiding in you. No, In, no.
1: Our relationship was, was purely professional, always.
0: And do people ask you about your opinions on this, or have they?
1: Um, people have, and most of the time I've said I don't have a comment. I've had a couple of reporters call, and I have no comment. Um, I don't think I have anything to add to the conversation that's that hasn't been said before.
0: Yeah, it's. Um, I think when we were talking at lunch... I was asking you about like if there's a loyalty, is it hard because of the fact he gave you a job? And also because you being a, uh, a black woman and, him, and then this is a sex story, is, and then feeling like you don't really feel you have to defend anything, right?
1: No, I, and, and you know what? My loyalty to Bill is based on our professional relationship, not based on what he did outside of the job because I don't know any of that. Do you, do you believe it more
0: now or you don't know what? To- um,
1: I, I don't know. But I will say this. The three women that came forward, I saw Gloria Allred sit in the background, which always makes me suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe I shouldn't have said that out loud, <laughs> but what the hell? Yeah. Well, um, you went on
0: to do a bu- two other shows at least that were African-American themed. Yeah. Right? Did you ever get concerned? One of Actually, them?
1: Actually, yeah. Yeah, four.
0: Four. There was Single yeah. Life, there was um there, there Homeboys. Was living single,
1: home. Homeboys Now to Space and Where I Live, which was a show that I really loved that um they never gave the audience a chance. They bounced us around different days. You know, well, if they could have put us on different networks, they probably would have. What do you think about um
0: Cosby reruns being taken off the air? Um by the two, there are two cable networks that have take have stopped running. Uh, TV Land and um, Centric TV are no longer running.
1: What's Centric TV? I think
0: I think it has something to do with BET because. I, oh. uh, but I I read that uh, I think it was I can't remember where I read that uh, but it was an article online.
1: Well, you know, I would say that um, the airwaves belong to the public, and I think that anybody who broadcasts over public airwaves, has a they have a certain responsibility. To the people, and if if that sh- if if what's going on there is is deemed not decent, um, I think that you know they have the right to take it off their networks. You know they don't want to get sued or they don't want to have go through a a lot of um, unpleasantness. I don't know how they could get sued. I don't know either. But, but you, you know what? Uh, the Parents Television Council who sues everybody for everything. Right. I don't know. But I mean it's it's their network, it's our airwaves, their network. They have a they have they can put whatever they want on there. I'm sorry I won't be getting residuals anymore. Well, I was gonna ask you <laughs> about
0: that. I mean, has that been even today, it's years later. Are mm-hmm. you still getting nice
1: checks? Up until a couple of months ago I was. Not nice, I was getting checks. You know, we're not right. gonna those of you who think they <laughs> who think I have money to burn, I don't
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, um so so there's a little bit of a financial hit, but
1: it's not as if it, well, you know what? I, I'm still going to eat. You know, I, I I was not sustaining my lifestyle with those checks. Now, what are you working on now? Now I'm, I am um, I have a, a reality show that um, I've been pitching with a partner and um, that's what I'm doing now. Do you find a, a common theme is like there's ageism
0: in sitcom writing in particular? Do you find that to be true or... What's your been
1: your experience around um, that? I think, I think there, there is a component of it, but I think that Hollywood is moneyism. If you can make money for, for them, they'll hire you.
0: What's the reality show? I mean, without, I know you can't share everything, but uh, is this like a personality-driven reality it's show? It's like or a around?
1: docu-soap. So it's not the Kardashians, but no. it's kind like of like that kind of. Well, it's, it's, um, it's a home, sort of a home decorating, renovating show with a docu-soap component.
0: Okay, and docu-soap meaning um, kind of like a Kardashian storyline where we follow someone's personal sto- I would personal say more life. like
1: a Jeff Lewis storyline. Je- is he the real estate? I don't know, Jeff Lewis. Yeah, he's the designer that has um, a show on, on Bravo. Oh, okay. And um, he pro- I think he runs a design business out of his home, and he's got people working for him, but he also, his personal life comes into the show as well.
0: See, to me, um, that sounds so boring compared to like writing on a sitcom.
1: Um, Am I just, is it just
0: me and are you excited I've about it? I've never
1: done it before, so I don't know how, if or how boring it's going to be. Do you, how have you seen
0: TV change? I mean, I mean, it's obvious a lot of the changes since Cosby. I mean, it feels like, you know, from radio yeah. to television, like the amount of change with the internet. And how are you preparing for the changes in media?
1: I'm... Lying in bed with a cover over my head <laughs> and a pickle on my nightstand. No, um, a pickle. <laughs> I don't know. What are you doing with the pickle? I don't know. When I, I think I've heard that, I that expression. expression. When, my, when my life goes sour, there's always something more sour. I don't know. Um, I'm not so much really preparing for it. Um, I, you know, I'm not looking to get back into the sitcom world. I, I would love it if somebody called me up and said, hey, you know, we need a voice like yours. But um, if nobody does, I'm I'm not going to be crushed by it or upset by it. In terms of how television has changed, one of the things that I do like is that we're doing more single-camera stuff. Because the laugh track is probably the most annoying television invention ever. Did you hate it? Wasn't it on Cosby or no? It was on all the multi-camera shows back
0: then. Yeah.
1: What they did was, you know, you had, a, you had a live audience and the audience laughed in certain places and you would, what they call sweeten, they would sweeten the laughter if it wasn't big enough or, or um, if they felt like something needed a laugh but nobody laughed. Because I guess at that time we thought the audience wasn't smart enough to get know it. what was funny. Because this is great stuff. They just don't uh, get it. Yeah, so they would, you know, yeah, <laughs> they wouldn't laugh. And we'd be like, hey, we stayed up all night on that joke. And it was funny at know? 3 a.m. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, so they would sometimes, they'd say, you know, put a little tickle under that line. that line." A tickle. You know? um, I didn't like that. I didn't yeah. li- I, just like I don't like the certain aspects of Steven Spielberg's movies where they direct you with music. Oh, right. You know, it always annoys me. That's like, interesting. Let me have my own emotion. Let me have my own, you know, I don't want you to tell me how I should feel. What sitcoms, do you
0: watch any sitcoms currently?
1: I watch a sitcom, I think it's on, on TBS. Is it, Cut. you know what, I tell people this sitcom all the time and I just forgot the name of it. Cutting, it's, it's about, it's, it's written by the guys that did Will and Grace and it's, a, okay. it's set in a barber shop. Okay. It's really funny. Ahead. It's you know, it's sort of it's sort of like a throwback to mm-hmm. the old sitcoms, but it's funny. I like the characters, which is what I like about television. I I like the characters on a show. What about like yeah. Mike and Molly? Well, that's a that's a, again your yeah. laugh track. And uh. and and I don't I don't relate to those characters. Um, I think Melissa McCartney is beyond talented. Mm-hmm. But I don't relate to those characters. Is there any uh, envy for, let's say, you know,
0: one of the character well, characters? But one of the guys that was on your staff, I believe, was Ed Weinberger.
1: Mm-hmm. He wasn't on my season, okay.
0: though. Okay, because I was curious about him because he's a legend. On mm-hmm. all those old Mary Tyler Moores, you always saw that guy's name. Now, were there are there any people who went on from those writers' rooms to become mega? millionaires and is there any envy
1: when that happens um i for myself no you know but there was well there's greg garcia who um um was his first job was on uh what was the name of that show with the smallettes well the, the his big sitcom
0: was the one uh the like the hicks those people um uh, I'm forgetting the name of it.
1: No, but he's got, Greg's, he's got a sitcom on every year. I mean, Greg went on to... He and he was working with you? Yeah, he just graduated from the Warner Brothers writing program. And um, he was very young. I mean, he's gone on to make a big, big splash in television. And there's no envy in there? No, you know what? Greg was talented. He, you know, he, he worked hard. He deserved it. Um, what about the stories you hear? I'll hear about a sitcom writer who just took off.
0: And then, you know, the business got smaller, they lost their house and they got out of the business. I heard I've heard lots of stories like that. Yeah, that, that Have was kinda
1: of, that was that was sort of um tailing off when I got into television. I don't I don't know any any people who were in that situation. That's good.
0: Um, so you have no other than myself. (laughs) Well, is the reason you have no interest because there's no, well, not that you said you had no interest, but like you don't have a sitcom in you that you would like to get done.
1: Sure. I have a whole bunch of them, but you know, I'm not, I'm not really willing to fight the fight. I'm not interested in, in going out there and pounding the pavement and, and I, I don't have an agent anymore, so I would have to do a lot of that myself and I'm not really good at promoting myself. Yeah, me neither. So.
0: Than that. that That's the part I don't really enjoy much. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: Hey, you know, we have time for a few calls. If you'd like to give us a call, the number here is 800-893-9562. It's 800-893-9562. And it looks like we have a call here on the line right now. Hello? Is there someone here? No? Okay. It looks like we did. And they are gone. And it was an 845 number. And I our engineer, William, is talking to me, but I can't hear him. And he's, he, I can see his lips moving. All right. Well, again, the number is 800 The caller's not answering. Okay. So never mind. If you would like to give us a <laughs> they call, They probably
1: put you on hold.
0: <laughs> I put him on hold. I just realized this person had called. What was that, William? Okay. They're gone. Okay, they're not responding. 800-893-9562 is the number if you'd like to give us a call. We also got on Periscope. I don't know if we have any viewers right now. We did or a little earlier, but I haven't been talking to them. I've been completely completely neglecting them. Oh wait, I hear something. What is that, William? All hell's broken loose. Oh. All right, let's well, just forget. William them. A question. He's answering questions. Hang up on them. <laughs> I can't clear them out
1: no they might be asking him an important question
0: they're done um so when you do you get back to New York very often or uh, is this going to be it for you you're not no
1: I go back once in a while um you know just to visit friends do you when you look at your career do you look at
0: are you excited about the future and in projects or do you feel like you're winding down you're kind of like Losing interest in the business.
1: I feel like I'm I'm winding down. I, I would like to get up enough um, desire to write a book. And I say desire because I think, you know, it's easy to write a 30-minute TV show. <laughs> you know, it's hard to write a book. Um, but when I look back on my career, um, when I'm in, in a good mood about it, I think I am so fucking lucky. You know, Um mm-hmm. I said, you know, a lot of people that that have a lot more to offer than I did are still struggling. How do you explain that? um, Being in the right place at the right time, having the right attitude, being fucking lucky. What are some of your attitudes, some kind of sayings you go by? God takes care of babies and fools.
0: (laughs) That's my favorite saying. (laughs) Do you not believe in God? No, but I like that saying. (laughs) What does that mean exactly? God takes care of babies. Yeah, that, that sounds like you don't believe in God.
1: No, it means that God makes sure that babies and fools are taken care of.
0: And the rest of us?
1: The rest of you have to fend for yourselves. <laughs> you got to do it on your own. <laughs> are you not a religious person? I'm not. Yeah, No, sadly, I'm
0: not. What other um, success, if you were to give a couple, so you're doing a graduation or giving a, you know, a speech or, or speaking to someone, um, just starting out, are there, are there certain
1: sayings you live by? Um, not really. Cause, uh, you know, I, I, I really played by ear, but if I were to give somebody success, I would say, believe in yourself and don't give up, you know, because there are plenty of people who will tear you down. So you have to be an advocate for yourself. And while I said, I, I'm, I'm not one, I, I don't promote myself when I have an opportunity. I certainly do, um, you know, let people know that I can get the job done. So in that respect, but I won't go out and say, can you give me a job? Because I could do this or that or the other. But I say, be an advocate of yourself and always believe that you can do whatever it is you want to do. Well, I think, yeah.
0: And I think it's, sometimes I have good advice and then I have to remind myself of
1: it. (laughs) Well, you know, I read somewhere, somebody said, if we followed the advice, the the, the key to success is to follow the advice that you give other people. Yeah, I I
0: think that's true. And, um... For me, it's reminding myself that I live in an abundant universe because sometimes I will, if I'm not careful, I can go to scarcity. Yeah. And I think that my philosophy is that the world is whatever I decide it is. If I decide it's a scarce world, it will be. And if I decide it's an abundant world, it will be. It's my choice.
1: That's a little Buddha-ish. It's true though. <laughs> it
0: really is true.
1: Well, yeah. We, we if you do. live in an abundant world, abundance does come my yeah. way. And you'll find it if you live in that world, you know. Yeah. But if you assume it's not there, that means you're not looking for it. So you right. won't find it. And and whatever choice one makes, they're right.
0: So, so
1: if I leap across this <laughs> and grab you by the throat, that was the right choice.
0: Whether as far as if it's an abundant world or uh, not. Oh, if, oh. if one chooses... That it's a scarce world, yeah. they're correct because that's what they've chosen yeah. chosen and that's what they will manifest. That's what I believe. I have to remind myself that sometimes.
1: Yeah. Very spiritual.
0: Well, you you know what? You can mock me. <laughs> that's a perfect way to end this. I'm not mocking I know. Vic. No, I know. Well, thank you so much for being here. I mean, like Thank you for inviting me. It's been me. so good. It has and been you're really fun. A bright, you know, not to be corny or anything, but like a bright light. I mean, like I said, it's an incredible story. It's
1: coming from my cell phone. No, it's not. It's
0: not. It's coming from you. <laughs> Thank you. You know, it's an amazing
1: thing. I'm working on taking compliments.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's really inspiring. Thank you. Because you have every reason in the world to not be sitting here talking to me about these I know, things. I know. I could
1: have been sitting on my couch watching the big brother to see <laughs> who was voted <laughs> That's out. That's not this what week. I meant. Oh, I'm no, sorry.
0: I didn't mean that. Oh, okay. So hopefully um, we'll have another lunch. This won't be the end.
1: Absolutely. I'd Absolutely. love to. You're
0: really fun. And how can people find
1: you if they wanted to just say hello? Are you on Twitter? Are you active there? Um, I'm No, you know what? I have to confess. Not having children makes, makes technology really difficult. Um, I'm not on Twitter. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Okay. Do you do a lot of Instagramming? I just, put, I just post pictures of me on
0: Instagram.
1: <laughs> 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 that sounds really She's a vain. selfie lady. Yeah, it She's no, really they're vain. not selfies though. They're um well, go on look me up on Instagram and you'll see what I have. It's uh what just, is your Instagram name? Lori Kimbrough. The whole name? <laughs> yeah,
0: L-O-R-E-K-I-M-B-R-O-U-G-H. That's L-O-R-E-K-I-M-B-R-O-U-G-H. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks again. It was awesome. So thank fun you. having you. And thank all of you for hanging out with us.
1: All six of you.
0: No. Was okay. so at least Eight. seven, <laughs> something like that. And I uh, hope to see you again real soon. Please find me on Skid Row Studios here. All, we have all our past episodes. Also, subscribe to iTunes. All right. Thanks again. Hope to see you soon. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair. It's a fair. It's a fair. It's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair. It's a fair. It's a fair. It's a fair quest question. Quest.